Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. Jesus being in the temple at 12 years old because he was being questioned. You know, he didn't go to a formal school. He didn't go to public school. Joseph and Mary used that money to hire private tutors the best they could afford. So when he still had to be vetted by religious leaders in order to be qualified to go on through his rabbi training. That's why he told his parents, don't you know I need to be about my father's business? They had been telling him who his heavenly father really was. And he also knew he had to prove he could go to the next level in his rabbi training. He had to be vetted. That's why he was amazed at, why are you worried? Why Don't you know I need to be about my father's business? Because it says they were amazed at his knowledge and his questions. So he proved he understood the Torah. Now they hired private, probably the best rabbis in the land, probably in specialties. It wasn't just one tutor. See, Paul, when he was brought in for questioning and he was giving his testimony, he said, I was... Hebrew of the Hebrews, I was taught in the way of Gamaliel. He was my he was my rabbi. I was taught in his line. I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. See, he was telling whose authority, whose yoke he was under. They had different rabbis giving Jesus a full rounded education. Now he comes to John the Baptist. John sees him coming and says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I was telling you about. This is the one with Samika. Jesus comes, gets baptized, he comes up out of the water. There's no other witness around, so God the Father says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Two witnesses. Jesus now has Samika. He has that special authority. Now, you're a disciple. I mean, I'm sorry, you're a rabbi. He's wearing his rabbi clothes. We know this because everywhere he goes, people call him rabbi, teacher. He doesn't have any disciples. Most new rabbis go back to the disciple school where they've pre-vetted these 
18 or 12 year olds so they can become disciples. Where does Jesus go? He's got Samika. He can do what he wants. He doesn't go to the 12 year olds. He goes back to probably children he grew up with. But for sure, he knows there are some hard working people who will do everything it takes to get the job done, who have been waiting to hear special words their entire life, but have missed out on told they weren't worthy enough, told they weren't good enough, that they just didn't have what it takes. Jesus goes to a fishing village in Galilee, and that's where you see him talk to Peter and Andrew and John. And he says, follow me. I mean, they see him coming up to the shore. They say, what's this rabbi want? And this rabbi just yells out, follow me. And the Bible says they left everything. Because they'd waited their whole life to hear a rabbi say to them, follow me. That's why they left. I mean, Zebedee, his crew deserted him with no notice. We covered last time, boats were precious things. You know, you had to start off in the fishing business by working for somebody else, saving your money till you could buy your own boat. This was a big thing. <clears throat> Be like a truck driver today, just leaving his rig on the side of the road, forever leaving it. it says, follow me. That's why they left and started following Jesus. Then who does he go see? The Bible talks about he goes to the receipt of custom in Galilee and there's a man there by the name of Levi. We call him Matthew. What's he tell Matthew? Or Levi, And the Bible says? Follow me. And it says Matthew left everything. He left the money. He left the job and everything. Now, we just got to this area when I closed last time. You got four fishermen that are disciples. You know, these are guys that will, will brawl in a heartbeat. They'd fight at the drop of a hat because they're fishermen. They're, they're dockworkers. They're longshoremen. They know. They're, they're tough. It's not wimpy people that are in fishing business in that day. And you got Matthew now, who's a tax collector in Galilee. Who was Matthew levying taxes against in Galilee? The fishermen. So here's this guy who was taxing these four fishermen. And we all know that all of the Jewish people hated the tax collectors because if they're, you know, they're required to do, I'll just pick a number, they're required to do a 10% tax, they were laying 20% on the people, so they had their living taken care of as well. So who was the person that was hated the most in Galilee? The tax collector, besides the Roman legion. And now Jesus has a tax collector on his team he got these four fishermen, and then there'll be others, who hate tax collectors. And I think Jesus, what, what is Jesus' whole purpose in his discipleship teaching? What is the fundamental theme of Jesus' teaching? The love of God. That God loves you. He knows you sinned. He knows you are incapable of going to heaven on your own merits. And through the course of three years, Jesus teaches his disciples, that's why he sent me, that I could die in your place. But they, they're they just starting out. He's not there yet. 
But what he's telling them is the love of God covers all sin. The love of God is all you need. Now, boys, do you have enough love in you to love this tax collector? Because I asked him to follow me and he said yes. Can you accept him into your group? And because they're so excited that a rabbi has asked them to follow him, they're like, yeah, sure. They're demonstrating the love of God right off the bat. That's lesson number one on their trail of discipleship. The love of God, the forgiveness of sins. That is Jesus' samika. That is what he taught everywhere he went. God is love. He loves you. And he will forgive your sins if you will only believe on him who he sent. That's it. That was Jesus' samika. All right. Now I'm all caught up. <laughs> Glory to God. How long into this are we now? Hallelujah. I don't even see my clock. Where's my clock at? There it is. Okay. Wow. It took me a half hour to do all that. Glory to God. All right. So we know the two types of samika. We know the type of samika Jesus has. He has the authority to create his own yoke. His own yoke. All right. Over in now in Matthew chapter 7, he gets done teaching the Sermon on the Mount. What we covered last time, why so many people came out that he had to climb up on a hillside to speak to them all. What was the draw, and that's where we ended last time, is because they heard there was a rabbi in town who had Samika. And it was so rare to have a rabbi with Samika where he could create his own teaching. They'd heard all the teaching of the other rabbis every Sabbath day. Amen. They knew everything. Okay, this is the guy you want to go talk to about finance. This guy you want to talk to about starting a business. This is the rabbi you want to go talk to about education and all that. What's this new Samika? Let's go listen to this rabbi with new Samika. So that's why... Massive crowds followed Jesus everywhere he went. They wanted to hear this new teaching. And then, it's, you know, the word is spreading that his samika is God loves you. He forgives your sins if you believe on him who he sent. And people are getting healed in his meetings. Miraculous acts of God. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night said, we know God's with you, because you can't do the things you do unless God's with you. They understood God was with Jesus, verifying his samika, his authority. Amen. And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, in verse 20, it says, It came to pass, when Jesus had ended his teachings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, at his teaching which is his yoke. They were astonished at his yoke. He said, he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes taught. Not the English version of this is all messed up. It says he taught them as one having authority not as the, and not as the scribes. The scribes were limited to teaching what they had been taught. They couldn't venture from it. When it says... He taught them as one having authority. That word authority is translated samika. So it says, it came to pass, Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching because he taught them as having samika. Not like the scribes did. He taught this completely. This is a whole new way of life. 
Amen. Glory to God. And you could continue on in verse 8. When he came down from the mountain, the multitudes followed him. Why? Because he has Samika. We want to hear this new teaching. And a leper came worse and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Here is a leper shunned from society. He shouldn't be anywhere near Jesus. Amen? Jesus, though, has this new Samika that God loves you. He forgives your sins. Lepers of the day were considered so... What's the word I'm looking for, Lord? Shunned. You know, they, they believed leprosy was a curse from God for some kind of sin. You sinner! That's why God has cursed you with this leprosy. Away from society! And they kick them out. You can't even come near any person! They had to stay so many feet away at all times and have their clothes and face covered and they'd have to yell out, Leper! 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 If people came near them, so they would stay far away from them. They could never have any contact with anybody. But this leper heard Jesus' teaching because he's on the hillside. He's yelling as far as he can. His voice is carrying. This leper heard the teaching Jesus just gave on the Sermon on the Mount. And everybody's talking about this new Samika. The multitudes are following. And this leper just pushes his way through all these people, which he could be stoned for. And he comes and worshiped him. Means he fell at his feet, saying, Lord, Master, if you want to, because you have Samika, you can make me clean. Verse 3 Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. This leper has not had any buddy. Touch him for years. They wouldn't even come near him. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. Oh, I I don't have the words to describe this, folks. Could you imagine going years and years and years never having a hug? And you finally have someone who gives you a hug. And says, I love you. You just melt right in their arms and weep because it had been so long since anybody said that to you, let alone touched you. And that's what this leper experienced. Jesus didn't just say, be clean. Now get away from me. He reached out his hand and I believe he put his arm around him and said, I want to. Be clean. Amen. And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Then Jesus says, now, don't tell anybody about this. Go and show yourself to the priest. Because the priest had to be the ones that examined him and declare him clean of leprosy. And then once you're declared clean, offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. He's not saying you know, it was a testimony to God. Go and give this offering now to God because God is well pleased with it. No, he's saying, so you can be admitted back into society now. Go show yourself to the priest. Let them examine you. 
Once you're declared clean, go to the temple and offer the offering that's commanded that they're expecting you to offer now, that Moses commanded. That way you are accepted back into Jewish society. That's the purpose for what he said. He didn't say, now, don't go tell everybody that I'm healing people. He said, no, just don't tell it, don't talk to anybody now. Because technically, legally, you're still a leper until the priests declare you as clean. So don't tell anybody this. Don't go home. Don't you know? Go straight to the priest. Let them examine you. That's that's what Jesus is trying to tell this guy to do. Okay, it's not because he didn't want anybody to know that he'd healed this leper. No, there's a multitude right there. They all know Jesus healed the leper. He's telling the guy to be admitted back into society. Go do what Moses said. Show yourself to the priest. Let him declare you cleansed. Go to the temple. Offer the offering that Moses commanded. And then the priest will say, you can come back into society again. That's what he wanted. Amen. Glory to God. Let's turn over to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for guiding us on this journey. I want to look at the scribes, the, the lawyers, the Pharisees, they were all looking for ways to corner Jesus, to discredit him to the multitude. They couldn't figure out a way to Every time they tried something, Jesus would twist the, the tables on them real quick. But they thought they had him cornered this time. They knew... There was a couple of people committing adultery. They just need, you know, the rumor spread fast, just like it does today. So they just waited. And they waited. And one day someone said, hey, he's over there now. He went into that woman's house. And they went in and they took the woman. I, I don't know what happened to the man. But they took the woman out. And they brought her to Jesus. Let's read this now in John chapter 8, verse number 1. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning, he came to the temple. And all the people came to him. So he had a crowd around him. And he sat down and started teaching them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in adultery. And when they set her in the midst before him, and everybody's standing around now, watching what's happening. They said to him, Master, or Rabbi, this woman was taken in adultery, in the very act of adultery. There is no question about her guilt, is what they're trying to say. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such a person should be stoned. But we bring her to you. You see, any rabbi had the authority to make a ruling on that. As a judge, you could say. Now, they've already established there is absolutely zero doubt that this woman is guilty. But instead of having us judge her, we're bringing her to you to judge. We want you to be the judge in this case. So we turn her over to you. Now, Moses, though, says she should be stoned. What do you say? You see, Jesus has been talking about the love of God. He forgives all your sins. But he is also a rabbi. And he is to uphold the Ten Commandments. The law as put down 
in the Old Testament. He is to uphold that. They think they have him cornered. Because if he says, stoner, then what happened to the love of God and the forgiveness of all sins? But if he says, oh, that's okay, let her go, God loves her, he's violated the law. So they think, we got him now. We got him. There is no way he could twist words on us this time. But he is the judge. They brought her to him as the judge. And they said this, tempting him, in verse 6, that they might have something to accuse him of before the people. Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground as though he was not listening to them. Nobody knows what he wrote. I have no idea what he wrote. Nobody knows. There's speculation. But they continued asking him. So he lifted himself. I believe he was praying to God. And he stood up. And I'm going to summarize here the meaning of the verses we're going to read. And he says, you're right. The law says she should be stoned. And they think, ha, we got them now. And he says, but since you brought her to me, my judgment is, yes, she should be stoned according to the law. But my Samika is, only you who is sinless can cast the stone at her first. That's his Samika. The love of God forgives all sin. So only if you're not following me, my followers aren't going to do this, but only because I have Samika, and you brought her to me, I am the judge in this case, so yes, I agree with the law, she should be stoned. My ruling is, if you're without sin, you can cast the first stone. And bent back down, start writing on the ground. I know whatever he wrote was condemning. Probably something about lying to God or something like that. And it says one by one, starting with the eldest. They're sitting there holding these usually two one two pound stones and they're getting heavy that's why the oldest ones are dropping their stones first and walking away they're waiting okay somebody throw the stone but there's nobody there without sin so the older ones they drop their stone turn around walk away one by one they left and finally the last one you know he's, he's standing there you know he's probably a new rabbi so are we going to stone this woman or what? And everyone's leaving. He says, well, I guess not. And he dropped the stone walked away. And it's only Jesus left alone. And the woman standing before him because he is the judge in the case. So she's standing before the judge who has life and death in his hands. And Jesus stood up, seeing no one before him except this woman. He says, woman... Where are your accusers at? Who is here to accuse you? For out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, we must have the witness for death. He says, is there no one here that's condemning you? And she looks around and says, no man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, they brought you to me 
to judge this matter. I have issued my ruling. You are worthy to be stoned to death, but only by someone who's never sinned. So therefore, since there's no one here to condemn you, neither do I condemn you. You are free to go. But just be sure, I can see him leaning forward, just be sure, don't sin like this anymore. Amen. They see how that Samika works? They brought her to Jesus as the judge, thinking they had him. He'd have to rule that she should be stoned, in which case they could disavow his Samika. Or if he's stuck with his Samika, they could say he's violating the law and doesn't is no longer worthy to be called a rabbi. Once again, through the power of the Holy Spirit influencing Jesus, he twisted the tables on the Pharisees one more time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I hope you got something out of that. Turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. You know, when... (laughs) Glory to God. This new Samika, this new way of teaching... Jesus is instilling this in his disciples. Now remember how the rabbinical schooling goes. Your rabbi is teaching the disciples this line, this yoke, if you want to call it that, of uh, teaching. You cannot vary from this new line of teaching. Because you are only going to be a rabbi if... Uh, you're only going to be a rabbi if you can finish the schooling and uh, be authorized by your rabbi to go forth and get your own disciples. That's why Christianity is called discipleship. Amen? That's why... It's so important in our churches today to have discipleship. And we do not have Samika. We have only the Samika that Jesus has given us. We can only teach the yoke he has given us, his way of teaching. We do not have authority to create this new... You know, you have the Mormons and and the Seventh-day Adventists and all them that say, you know, the Bible's kind of off, so our leader created this new Samika. Jesus has never given anybody authority to have new Samika. And if you go through their their original teachings, usually one angel is what appears to them and says, you know, I want you to start teaching like this. There's no two witnesses established. It's one angel, probably a demon, appearing as an angel of light, that convinces this person, Mohammed or whatever, this is your new way of teaching. When the scriptures clearly say, out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, let every word be established. 
You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.